0: Amen. I wasn't wanting him to hurry up. I was just hoping he'd take up the rest of the time. Amen. It's Hard to come behind that. But I don't know about y'all. I love you too, old Skeeter. Every time I get around these men, they are a blessing to me. And what a blessing it is to have a place like this, a spiritual oasis in the times in which we live. Where we can come in the presence of God and have our spirits fed, ministered to, not by other men, but by God himself. Because it's not always when you gather in the house of God that God's presence is in such a way that you know I've come near to God. Amen. And I want to talk to us a little while tonight. If you've got your Bible, you can turn with me to that well-preached and many-time preached book, Leviticus. Amen. Y'all might not know where that's at. That's way over deep in the Old Testament. I don't usually spend my study time mornings in Leviticus very often. Leviticus chapter 10 But I want to talk to us this morning about the topic of coming near to God. And I want to ask you a question. Why would you come tonight? If you would get Judgment Day honest right now, what were you expecting? What was motivating the desire of your heart to be here tonight for if you was to be honest with God? Was it really to come near to God and experience an encounter with Jesus? Or if we got real real honest, maybe we came to be entertained because old Skeeter can entertain. Amen. But y'all want you to understand something, as good as Skeeter is, as good as he has been blessed and anointed by God, Skeeter alone might entertain you, but it takes God's spirit through Skeeter to bring you into a personal encounter with the living God. This man, as blessed as he is as a pastor and the anointing of God on his life and ministry and messages that I've heard that Brought me to the place where I sat at the feet of Jesus and was ministered to. But he can't do that on his own. Tonight, if God doesn't show up, we've just wasted the rest of the service. You see, we by ourselves have nothing to offer but entertainment unless there is the living presence of God among us. And I don't know about you, out of all the things God does, I thank God for churches where you come and you know you're going to hear. Good worship that's going to bless you so that you can get in the spirit and bless God back. You're going to hear a word from God because a man sat with God and has heard from. Him. But I want to tell you something. Out of all the things the church offers thank God the church is the place of benevolence to help you when you're in need. And we should love one another. I thank God for the fellowship when I come here. Y'all folks seem to like me. I still can't get over it. Amen. And I'm welcomed here like a second church because it ain't but one church really. But, you know, out of all the things that God has to offer at the house of God, there's nothing better than when you came and you knew that you got near to God, that God showed up, that God was there. And I encountered God. I didn't just come and get entertained. I didn't just come saying, what a song. Boy, can they sing. Or what a word. I left saying, what a God. Man, Jesus lives. And my God is alive. I want to tell you something. That's what I want, but I'd be honest to tell you, Many times that's not what I get. Many times I come to church and I was just recently seeking the Lord as we're coming towards revival meetings set aside coming up at the end of this month. And I was reading and studying about the great revival movements. And things that God has done through the history of His people when He sent spiritual awakenings. And it was no way that you could ever deny the fact that what happened amongst God's people had to be sent from heaven. It couldn't have been men that done it. God did mighty and extraordinary things. And multitudes get saved. And lives get changed. And sin houses get shut down. And things get totally Completely changed. You know, I came to understand that any time you encounter God, it's a life change. Something's different afterwards. When you come into his presence, you're never the same again. And I said, God, why doesn't that happen more often? Lord, we work so hard to, to pray and get ready for church and to have a service where the people of God can experience your presence. But Lord, sometimes with all our efforts, I have to confess that I leave saying, where were you at? Has that ever happened to you? And you know, I I got to reading and God brought me to this passage. And if you're here and you're familiar with it, it's in chapter 10. And God has been showing and commanding through Moses in chapters 8 and 9 His commands that prescribe and describe to them what is all going to be involved with them being able to experience His presence in the tabernacle of meeting in the, the Holy of Holies that He has given them where the Levitical priesthood is going to be working as a mediator between God and the people of Israel. And listen what happens in verse 1 of chapter 10. It says, Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. I want you to note he didn't tell them to do that. And if you look back in chapters 8 and 9, he told them plenty to do. (laughs) So they had been informed, but they did something he hadn't told them to do. The Spirit, God, through Moses, hadn't told them. It says, so fire went out, look at verse 2, from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. Now, I know some of you are already saying, I know I ain't going to like this sermon, but I bet they didn't like it either, amen? <laughs> and, and, and the thing about it is Aaron, these boys' dad, is sitting there, the high priest, And the Bible says, and Moses said to Aaron, the daddy to these two boys, this is what the Lord has spoke to me, Aaron. By those who come near me, and that's what got me where we are tonight. When I read that verse the other morning, it it just came alive. That ever happened to you? And all of a sudden, God said, this is the problem, Marvin. By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, not some of the people, not the pastor, not the leadership, not the song leader, all the people, I must be glorified. And then it says, and Aaron held his peace. What it really means is he remained silent. I don't know about you, I'd be saying, Lord, why you kill my boys? Lord, we was worshiping you, we serving you. What'd you do this for? Aaron didn't say nothing, he just remained quiet. You know, if you read that verse in some translations, the NIV in the New American Standard says, By those who come near me, I will, be reg- I will be honored. I will be treated as holy. And that verse says, And before all the people, I will be honored. You know, today, when I get honest with myself, sometimes the most holy thing in my life is My socks. And when I read the New Testament scriptures, much less the Old Testament, I find out real quick that there's more to coming near to God than just coming to church, preaching a sermon, singing a song, being entertained by good spiritual worship. If I want to be engaged and if I want to encounter God, i'm going to have to come in a condition prepared to come into his presence now i want you to know a lost man tonight because of his mercy and his grace when i was lost i was as sinful and wicked and as far from god and had nothing to do it didn't give a rip about god and god gave a rip. when i wasn't looking for god i thank god he came looking for me and when i walked into that place the first time in the presence of god God in His mercy convicted me of my sin. God in His mercy showed me the grace of God to have faith, to understand and believe and trust in His Son, Jesus. And I don't know how, but He let me, allowed me to have the faith of a little child just to say, Lord, I don't understand it all, but if you'll just save me, if you'll just forgive me, I believe you. But now, walking with God as a child of God, as a son of the living God, being blessed to be in the Word, to have a Bible, to be sitting under good doctrinal teaching and preaching around godly people, I come to find that as God has blessed me with much, He has been given much, much is required, the Bible says. And for me to experience His presence now, He, he said, you're not a child anymore. When I first saved you, I was birthed you, and then I was kind of, you know, like babies, changing you. But you can't mess up like you used to, son. I've invested in you. I've I've did everything to you to raise you up. And today, son, if you want to encounter me, you're going to have to earn that I will be regarded as holy. I'm not the man upstairs. I'm not your spiritual wishing genie to fix your every whim and need. I am Jesus, the God of heaven and earth, the creator And I want you to understand something. It's easy for us to think, well, this was the Old Testament. But the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus who died on the cross is the same God who sent down the fire. Listen to this verse. This comes right out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. I like that. How about you? It's unshakable. It's eternal. He says, let us have grace, and I like grace. But listen what he says. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. And guys, I want you to listen to what he says right there. Let us have grace, the Hebrew writer says, by which we may serve God acceptably so if he's telling us to make sure we have grace to serve God acceptably, that's telling me we can come here and serve him in an unacceptable way. And then he says, if you want it to be acceptable, do it with reverence, honor, respect, with godly fear. That word literally means, I looked it up in Hebrew, and it literally means awe. <laughs> and, and, and y'all been in awe before, Amen. My wife, sometimes I look at her and I'm in awe that she would live with me and be married to me. Amen. But you know what? Jesus should even make us be in awe even more. And this God who we have grace to serve, that God's blessed us with the ability, spiritual enablement, to serve Him with the things He gives us acceptably you see you don't have an excuse not to serve him acceptably tonight if you've been saved if you've been born again and if you got a Bible and you come to church regularly if you came tonight and you're so far from God you can't get near him it's not God it's us we don't like to listen to that do we because God wants us to come near listen to these verses in Jeremiah twenty-nine thirteen, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart you ain't found him lately maybe you ain't been searching hard enough amen and listen to this one, Jeremiah thirty-three. I love this. Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. When's the last time you got serious and called to him, Lord? I need to know. Lord, show me something new. Deuteronomy four twenty-nine. But from there, you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Proverbs says, "I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me." You see. If we're gonna seek the Lord, we gotta seek Him acceptably. And I believe reverence and godly fear, awe and respect of who He is, is a requirement, a prerequisite to regularly being able to encounter His holy presence. And guys, listen. Peter said, as God's obedient children in chapter 1, 1 Peter, verse 14, as God's obedient children, do not conform yourselves to your former lust as in your ignorance, but as he called you as holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And you know, sometimes I'll go to church and preach and be the pastor of the church and not have one time thinking that I need to be holy. I'm here tonight to remind us of something. That coming near to God is serious business. It's serious, folks. And you know, when we look at this, we see how serious it is. Now, I want you to flip back with me to chapter 8, and I want to show you something. This is what's happening in context before you get to where he did what we just read about. In verse 1 of chapter 8, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons. That would be the two boys that we just read about, Nadab and Abihu. He says, take Aaron and his sons with him and the garments, the anointing all, a bull as the sin offering, two rams and a basket of unleavened bread and gather all the congregation together at the door and I want you to look what they call their church, the church of meeting, the tabernacle of meeting. The church's name even inferred that you gathered there to meet God, amen. The tabernacle of meeting God calls it and listen to what he says. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. You know what? If you want to meet with God, you got to do what he commands you and tells you to do. Amen? Amen? And listen what he says. And the congregation was gathered together at the door, and here it is again, of the tabernacle of meeting. And Moses said to the congregation, this is what the Lord commanded to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons, and he washed them with water. For time's sake, it's unbelievable the detail I'm glad we ain't got to do all this, Brother Dennis. I hate wearing suits. Listen what they had to wear. And he put the tunic on him and girded him with the sash, clothed him with the robe, put the e-pod on him and girded him with the intricately woven band of the e-pod, and with it tied the e-pod on him. Then he put the breastplate on him, and he put the Urim and the thumin in the breastplate, and he put the turban on his head. That might have been a cowboy hat, Brother Dennis. Also, on the turban on its front, he put the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord had commanded Moses. You know what that tells me? You can't come into the presence of God clothed in any old way. You know how we need to come today? Clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Clothed in the good things that God puts on our life when we are abiding and connected to his son Jesus. And listen, as you read this, it's unbelievable all the things he told them to do. Why was he telling them to do that? Verse 10 will show you. Also, Moses took the anointing all. You can go find a chapter almost, and it teaches you how, about this anointing all, that it had a certain recipe and, uh, and, and it, certain ingredients. It was only to be used for God, nothing else. And listen what he says. He took the anointing all, and he anointed the tabernacle, and all that was in it, and he consecrated them. That's a word we don't hear very often anymore in the part church. Consecrate, what's that mean? It means to declare something sacred, to dedicate something formally to a religious or a divine godly purpose. It actually means to be separated and to belong to God, to be declared holy and sacred. Guys, listen, to be set apart for his service is why God consecrates us. And we're to be consecrated as his children tonight, set apart for him. And listen, what he goes and says again in verse 11, he sprinkled some of it on the altar seven times, anointed the altar, all its utensils, and the laver and its base. And here it is again to consecrate them. Look at verse 12. And he poured some of the anointing oil on, on Aaron's head, and he anointed him to consecrate him. So everything Moses is doing, what God commanded it, so that it could consecrate it for God's use. Then Moses brought Aaron's sons, and he put tunics, and he repeated the same thing with them. When you get to the bottom, why are they doing all this? When you get to the bottom part of chapter 8, look at verse 30 with me. And for Tom's sake, if you go home and read this, you'll see, to be able to come into his presence was serious business in the Old Testament. Look at verse 30. Then Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood which was on the altar and he sprinkled it on Adam, on his garments, on his sons and the garments of his sons with him and he consecrated Adam, Aaron, his garments, his son, the garments of his sons with him. In verse 33, listen to what he tells them. And you shall not go outside the door of tabernacle of meeting for seven days. That's a whole week, Brother Dennis, until the days of your consecration or end it. For seven days they were doing nothing but focusing on preparing themselves for what? That they were, fo- they were fixing to meet with God. That God was coming near. That he was going to appear amongst his people. Listen what it says when you get to chapter 9, verse 1. It came to pass on the eighth day. So eight days after these boys and his daddy has been doing this. Every day, consecrating, keeping the commandments of God. Going through what Jesus, I mean, what Moses had been told by God to do. And it says as they began to do that, why were they doing it? Look at verse verse um, 5. Also a bull and a ram is a peace offering. I mean, verse 4, I'm sorry. Also a bull and a ram is a peace offering to sacrifice before the Lord and a grain offering mixed with oil. For today, what does it say? The Lord will appear to you. I don't know about you, that's good news, isn't it? And you know what, today, you think that's a lot to have to go through? Jesus had to go through Calvary to make it possible for us to be able to go and look and have expectation of him appearing to us tonight. Listen to what it says in verse 5. So they brought what Moses commanded before the tabernacle of meeting, and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. Then Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded you and do, and the glory of the Lord will appear to you. I don't know about y'all, but I want to see the glory of God. I want to go to church one day and leave. And we say, we've never seen God do something like that. It's it's beyond Lord. But you know what? God's been showing me. He says, you want more of me? Give me more of yourself. You want all I got? Give me all of yourself. You know, Paul said that we are to give our life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And you know, as we look at this and we see this, when you get to that place, look at what it says at the end of chapter 9. Look at verse 23, what happened. And Moses, in verse 23 of chapter 9, we're about to get back to where we're going to close up. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting, and they came out and they blessed the people. And listen to what it says. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people, and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offerings and the fat on the altar, and when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces, amen? Man, do you know how hard it is to get a Baptist church to shout? It's humanly impossible, because I've done everything I know to try to do. (laughs) But I've seen God show up. And I'm convinced that God can make a Baptist shout, because he got a hold of me one day, amen? When I got my first church, we went up there and there was this little lady sat on the organ and she looked like the female version of the Phantom of the Opera. She'd just watch you. And I'd be saying, Boy, we need to put a curtain up there. And she came up to us about a month into that church, and I'm not lying, that's Diane. She said, You've been here long enough to know we don't raise our hands around here. And I said, Ma'am, we don't raise our hands around here. I said, Well, I'm sorry. Well, I was kind of caught off guard, and just so I was being polite because I'm the pastor, and you gotta be polite, or Jesus will get upset. No, I'm joking. So I went, and y'all might know Brother Billy Crosby. My mama was working for Brother Billy, and I was telling him the story. He said, "Son, you know what you need to tell her next time she says that? Tell her I can't help it, man, but when he touches me, I got to try to touch him back." I was waiting, I was begging, I was holding up both hands, Brother Dennis. I was in the flesh. But you know what? When God touches you, you can't help but to shout. You know why there ain't no shout in a lot of churches? They ain't no God. They got a lot of entertainment. They got a lot of singing. and they ain't, I'm telling you, they even got biblical preaching. But you know what? You can hear an enlightening, entertaining, even an engaging sermon and leave not encountering God. But you know what? We can't blame it on the church every time because sometimes it's us. You know what I've come to find? If you prepare your heart and you seek him with all your soul, you will find him, even in the deadliest of a church. Now, I ain't saying to camp out there and stay there every Sunday. Go find one that's alive, amen? Because we need the spirit. But I am saying this. You don't have the right, or can you claim the excuse, to blame you not encountering God on somebody else. Because when you gather together in the house of God with the people of God, if it's the word of God being preached, if it's Jesus and the gospel being sung about, you can find Jesus in that place. And guys, listen, we need more of Jesus. We need to experience God. We need a good dose of Jesus if I ever knew. If America had a good dose, it might even fix the Senate. Amen, I don't know. (laughs) But you know what I do know? If he ever fixes the Senate, it'll start in the church. If he changes Washington, he'll first change little counties like ours. Little places that no one knows about but God. Amen. And when God shows up, he'll do things that they'll hear about even up there. Because God will get his glory. What's the description? What is the prescription? What does God tell us to do? He says, those who want to come near to me, those who come near to me, I must, I will be regarded as holy. we got to learn again that God's holy. And then he says, all my people, all my people, I will be honored by them. I will be glorified by them. Thank God that we have a church we come to tonight and you can sing and you have freedom and liberty to be yourself in Jesus and just let God be God. But friends, listen, I've been when I come to church and I was in such a spiritual condition even in a church where God is at I couldn't experience him. Not because he wasn't there but because I wasn't ready. Tonight, what would it take for you to need to take off tonight? To get off your life. To get out of your agenda that would hinder you from coming to God. Maybe it's something you need to put on. There's an old song that I like. It's an old bluegrass song. Marcus used to sing it all the time. Take your shoes off, Moses. Y'all ever heard that old song? Take your shoes off, Moses, because you're on holy ground. Holy ground. Holy ground. Take your shoes off, Moses, because you're on holy ground. I'm the Lord thy God. You know what? When you get in the presence of God, you will have to take some things off your life. You know, tonight as we close and... It's a very simple message. It's a one point it's serious business if you want to encounter God. I've preached a lot of no point messages. This is hopefully is a one point. But the point tonight is did you really come expecting to encounter God? Or if you got honest. Have I just kind of gotten used to coming and being entertained? Because there's worse things, at least you're here, amen. But I want to remind you, as long as I'm in this flesh, as long as God gives me grace to stand up here and gives me the ability, that we ain't here just to fellowship, though the fellowship's good. We ain't here just to hear this wonderful group that God has blessed us to be able to listen and worship with. Although it's awesome, and I I love, if 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 I didn't live down the street, I'd still make a way to get here, amen. But God bless me. And I love Brother Dennis. And I love hanging out with Brother Dennis, and I love hearing Brother Dennis break open the Word of God. But I'm going to tell you what, what I like about this place more than anything else is that God's presence is here. And we need to thank Him for that tonight. We need to give Him glory. We need to remember that He ain't like that everywhere. But in the days that we live, if you'll make, treat Him holy, if you'll honor Him, I promise you, you'll encounter Him. Because he desires to habitat among his people. Tonight, I'm going to ask you a simple thing. I'm going to share a couple things, and I'm going to turn it over to Brother Dennis, if that's okay. But I want to just ask you, just like he told Moses, take them shoes off, Moses. The Holy Spirit looking tonight into our hearts. What would you need to take off tonight to be able to come near to God, to treat him as holy? So many things that we can easily get entangled up with that the world has out there, that the devil is baiting us with, that this old flesh desires. But we got to say no to the flesh and we got to turn from the world and we need to come to God seeking him. Make me holy, creating me a clean heart, oh God, David, pray. Renew me with a steadfast spirit. Oh God, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But Lord, cleanse me, He said wash me. Make me whiter than snow. What would God need to do? What would you need to confess? I'm going to tell you this. Jesus made us a promise in chapter 1 of the book of 1 John, verse 9. And this is what John tells us, that if we will confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. It starts with getting honest. Lord I got some stuff in my life that I know can't come around a holy God I thank you that you love me and you saved me Lord that you're inviting me tonight to experience repentance by confessing and turning turn from that stuff that's got you away from God and turn to God and draw near to God and God will draw near to you that's the promise of Jesus to the person who's saved by his grace and the person who may not be saved tonight you're never going to find God till you come to God on his terms. And God simply says, if you only confess that you're a sinner and believe that Jesus is the way, and with all your heart, as best you can, say, Lord, I'm going to confess that I'm a sinner and I'm going to trust you. I can't explain it, but one day I did it. <laughs> and I have never been the same again. Because when you encounter God, your life will be different. And I want to encourage you if you haven't done that tonight. Brother Dennis is going to come if you don't mind and you want me to finish it. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to let us close our eyes and I'm going to pray us out of here. But before we pray, I just want to first of all, everybody eyes closed, heads bowed. If you've never prayed and personally asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to save you. And to come into your life, I'm going to ask you right now, would you hold your hand just for us and God know you mean business? Because remember what I told you, it's serious to come near to God. Would there be one tonight that would raise their hand? And for those of us who are saved tonight, be honest. How long has it been since I truly had an encounter with God? Since I left saying, what a God, that God got into your business. Tonight, that can happen right now by simply confessing getting real, and asking Jesus to forgive you. I'm going to ask y'all to pray with me as we pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for dying for us on the cross. We thank you that when you died, you said it is finished. And everything that needs to be done has been done so that we have access to come near to God. Lord, I pray. That you'll forgive me of my sins. That you'll save me. That you'll help me to be like you. And that the things in my life that I need to get rid of, you'll help me to confess and repent. And Lord, I pray tonight you'll let me come near. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I pray that you'll find God. Because, boy, when you find him, you'll never be the same. Amen. God bless you.